0: This podcast is intended for an adult audience. Please be aware that some of the content discussed may be triggering. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Reach Out, the podcast, where we are dedicated to ending sexual violence through advocacy, counseling, education, and more. This is the official podcast of Reach Counseling, located in Northeast Wisconsin. You will learn more about the services we provide and hear from members of our team, sexual assault survivors, and the people who support them. We are so glad you're joining us today and would love to connect with you further. You can find out more about us by going to ReachCounseling.com. The interview portion of this episode was recorded in May of 2023. Please keep this in mind when dates and timelines are referenced. This week's episode features an interview with Rachel Parbs, campus advocate at REACH Counseling. Rachel talks about her time as a prevention educator prior to becoming the campus advocate. She also shares her advice for someone who wants to get help after being sexually assaulted. Here is episode nine. Tell me a little bit about your background.
1: Before working at REACH, my I would say my journey in the human services field started um, right out of high school when I started college. I worked for um, a in-home care service for kiddos who are neuro- neurodivergent, and I did a lot of ABA therapy and stuff like that in-home. Um, after that, I started working with kids with some emotional, behavioral, and mental health struggles, um, and I started and I had been I did that for about two years. at a few different organizations, and I've been going to school for psychology. So um, when I found Reach Counseling, I thought it was kind of right in my, my wheelhouse and something I was really passionate about.
0: Awesome. You mentioned ABA therapy. Can you talk a little bit about what that is for people who might not know?
1: Yeah, definitely. So ABA therapy is applied behavioral analysis, and um, it's it's really well known for, for individuals who have um, autism and working with them to kind of it was it's very i would say intense so kind of just really structuring behaviors to how like like we want their behaviors to look so as like a professional and as a family um we would do a lot of correcting behaviors that were um that we didn't like and we didn't want to see um just to kind of help the kid the kiddo um learn how to be a really active member of the community and to be able to be independent. Cause that's kind of the goal um, is to learn independence um, and to really boost self-esteem. So help them understand um, kind of social cues and stuff like that. Yeah. Excellent.
0: Wow. Thank you. That was a great explanation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, so when I switched careers into education, um, I like, there was all these like acronyms and things that like I was at my first training and I felt like I was drinking out of a water hose because I was like <laughs> jotting down all these acronyms like, look this up later. And so I just, sometimes people throw them out and not everybody knows what it is. So thank you for explaining that. Yeah,
1: it's funny. I didn't know what A-B therapy was until after I was done with that job. So I was so, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah, I think, I
0: think the, and sometimes people are just like afraid to ask. Yeah, so, definitely. That's good So what would you say you spend the bulk of your time doing here? At reach or so, around the community for reach yeah
1: so our time as prevention educators is split 50 50 it's kind of a unique role because we have an advocacy team and the advocacy team spends quote-unquote 100 percent of their time um advocating for their clients who are victims Um, survivors of sexual violence Um, but as prevention educators we split our time 50-50 so 50% of our time is working with those parents and kiddos who are survivors of sexual violence and, and working with them and being an advocate and then the other fifty percent is um, being in schools and local community organizations, and um, really working on that prevention, that co- prevention component of our role. So teaching about for kiddos, for teaching about like safe and unsafe touches. As we get into the high school, we really teach them the um, the, the terms, the core terms, um, red flags to look out for, stuff like that.
0: What do you mean when you say core terms?
1: Um, core terms such as um. What exactly sexual assault is? What is sexual abuse? What is sexual contact? What is grooming? And grooming's a really big one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you, so when you're out and you're teaching and working with these children, do they have a lot of questions? Are they receptive to the teaching or are they kind of quiet? What's usually the reception?
1: Um, middle schoolers have the most questions because they're very curious. And I, I honestly like middle school. I would say is my favorite group to present to, which is odd, um, because they just they they just have so many questions. They're so engaged. It's all new information, um, to them. So they're just they they're also learning the the key terms. They're learning, you know, what is sexual violence They they don't know much about it now and then they're they're learning about it so they have a lot of questions high schoolers aren't extremely engaged <laughs> and but then we also have a, a day two presentation for high school where we play jeopardy and they get really engaged in the jeopardy so
0: ah, a little competitive there and <laughs> yeah yeah
1: exactly exactly um and i would say the kiddos in elementary school usually don't have a whole lot of questions they are I mean, they usually pretty much understand, but sometimes you get the really, really good questions. Um, so, for example, they'll ask something like, oh, is it okay um, if my if my mom helps me with something? You know, they have these, like, they have really good questions, and I can't even think of a good one because they just, it's like, wow, that's, that's a really good question.
0: How do you do follow-up? I know you said you have that second day with the high schoolers. But um, do like what's kind of the return on the investment on, in doing this work?
1: Yeah, um, so we do it every single year. So every kid in at least Winnebago County, as of right now, um, has a presentation every single year of their schooling, which is awesome. Um, so I guess we don't have that right away follow up, but there is that yearly follow up. The middle school also has a day two, so their presentation is split up into two days. Um, The school counselors all have our contact information, and a lot of them are really good about letting us know if there was a disclosure.
0: Okay, so you're finding out through school counselors if this was impactful and that there was, you know, something that came out of it, uh, tangibly came out of it. I mean, obviously, there's probably a ripple effect that goes on. uh, But so kind of your call to action with the students is, hey, here's your guidance counselor. In case you didn't know, this is your guidance counselor. And if, you know, you feel that one of these things have been violated or that someone has abused you in some way, you can talk to this. This is a safe person to talk to. And you're, like, bridging bridging that connection. Yes. That's that's what's happening. Okay. Yes, and
1: also with the high schoolers, especially a lot of them, they're smart. They don't know, or they know that if they tell their school counselor, it's getting reported, and they don't want to report it. Right. So a lot of them will approach us with their disclosure and we will give them a business card discreetly. They don't want their friends to know. Um, so, we do let them know we're not a mandated reporter, and I think that's really comforting for the high schoolers. And then also, um, especially in the elementary school, and this is something that really surprised me um, when I started this job, is the elementary schoolers will disclose in front of their, all their peers. They oh, will wow. say, oh, something like that happened to me, um, and then they'll tell us about it. So, then definitely we have that follow-up. So Yeah.
0: And you mentioned, I think you mentioned parents, too, that you work with. So, can you talk about that experience in relationship?
1: Yeah, definitely. So parents, um, a lot of times, especially with the really young kiddos, there's not really a whole lot we can do like specifically for the kid. Like we can meet with them in the school, school day, which I do with most of my clients, meet with them and just, you know, give them somebody to talk to. But a lot of times it's the parents who um, are making the appointments, are dealing with the stress, um, who obviously the kid's. If it's happening to them, like they're very stressed out. Um, But the parents are processing all these emotions along with the kids. And so they need somebody to help them process, to help advocate for them. Okay.
0: So you're doing these presentations, you're in the schools. um, And then when you're back at Reach Counseling's office, what are you spending your time on?
1: Um, I'm spending my time, you know, there's always the paperwork, it's uh, um, human service field, it's uh, kind of a given. Doing research, definitely, for my clients, Um, finding out different different things that we can work on when we do have our one-on-one sessions, definitely giving clients a call, checking in on them, scheduling appointments to meet with them. Um, and then we always, you know, I feel like there's little projects that we work on, like presentations and stuff. For example, earlier this year, I worked, I, um, presented for, um, a foster care training. And so we spent months working on that presentation. Uh Yeah. So, um, there's really a whole lot. It's kind of an interesting job because no day, absolutely no day looks the same.
0: Wow. So do you, is that how you get the clients that you work with by going into the schools and then they're disclosing to you and maybe they don't necessarily want to disclose to a mandated reporter or they want to kind of process things with someone like yourself an advocate is that kind of how you're getting your clients or is it people also calling in or how does that work
1: for the most part it's we've had just a lot of um, disclosures in the schools but then also people do call reach counseling looking for help and then also like sexual assault nurse exams, but a lot of times the se- sexual assault nurse exam clients um, are just kind of looking for that advocate in that moment, but aren't really looking for too much from us after that. But it really depends because we can have clients that we keep after those exams for sure.
0: And you'd mentioned like <laughs> later today you're going to be with a client. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that entail? Like what, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, definitely. So today, the client that I'm meeting with, we're really going to work on building self-esteem, learning social cues, um, and understanding how their trauma is affecting them on a day-to-day basis and what they can do to cope with that.
0: Okay. And and do they typically work with one of the therapists here in conjunction with working with an advocate or educator, or is it it just kind of varies? Yeah,
1: it really varies. Some of them already have counselors before they want to meet with us. Um, some of them are on the therapy wait list or they meet with the therapist as of right now. This client specifically has their own therapist. So.
0: Oh, good. good. Yeah. So so they have, you know, this additional help through you and, and advocacy and resources and all of
1: that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: What's the most rewarding part of this job for you?
1: I would say the most rewarding part is being able to make an impact on my clients' lives in. Uh, make them feel like their feelings are valid um, and that they are strong, like really <laughs> like hyping them up, making them feel like they are worthy of um, justice. The most rewarding moment I would say um, so far working here is I started working with a kiddo and we were in their school and they told me that they told all their friends that I'm, I'm their bodyguard. And oh it, it was literally so cute. Because um, <laughs> that's how they view you. That's how they see you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it was just I was like, oh wow, I, I am your bodyguard. So it was, it was just <laughs> I don't know why it was just so, such an impactful moment for me. But that is
0: awesome. And what would you say? I mean, I know there's a lot of burnout in this field. What would you say are things you you do on maybe a daily or weekly, monthly basis to self care or just make sure you have work And life balance what do you do to prevent yourself from burning out
1: yeah definitely when I'm off work I don't think about it or I try not to um it's really hard in this job to I'm a I'm a verbal processor personally so when I get home from work like I want to talk about my day talk about what's been going on but I can't realistically because I won't you know need to keep my clients information confidential so that's like kind of I would say a real struggle, but also the Reach team is impeccable. Like I I love all of my work, my coworkers, and I've truly made really great friends here at Reach. And I there's certain people that I work with that I know that I could call at any time, and they would have a conversation with me like about what's going on in my in, in my head, you know what's going on, um the stuff that's going on with work, stuff like that. Um, so I would say having those coworkers and peers to talk to. But then also, I like to take a good vacation, so. <laughs> What's <Where's laughs> um, your
0: favorite place you ever traveled to?
1: Oh, that's a hard one.
0: Or one of them. <laughs> it's hard to pick a favorite.
1: It is. Um, I would I would like to say Colorado because it's gorgeous and there's All mountains right. and the hiking. But I would say um, Florida just because it's it's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and warm. I love the beach. Um, I'm a huge fan of the beach, so.
0: (laughs) You go and recharge and everything. Yes. What would you say is, like, in your mind, a way that Reach can grow or improve? Like, what would you like to see implemented five, ten years from now, or built upon?
1: I would love to see the, the DEI, um, mission to be continue to be built upon because um I would say that we will never be done building an inclusive environment. Mm. And I think that um Reach is the most inclusive place that I have ever worked and for that I love working at Reach and I love learning um about diversity equity and inclusion. Um but I think that it's just something that we again will will never it's not something you can perfect. So continue to build and to work and as an organization.
0: Yeah, so it's not something that you just check off a list, like okay, we did these trainings, but that is a continual, continual thing that you build upon.
1: Yes, exactly, yeah. because there are places where it is a checkmark. Oh, we did this training, we're done, we're good. Um, but Reach definitely is not that way. It's a continual process, and um, I think it's really inspiring.
0: Yeah, and I imagine that's extremely beneficial to the client base too, because you're I mean, sexual assault does not impact just one type of person it, it affects people across all genders economic status and um, ethnic background like it's it impacts people from all walks of life
1: yes so. and it's our job to be informed about it because the client there's no way that we can expect the client to teach us that like that's not a thing so we need to make sure that we are informing ourselves we are learning yeah so continuing to as and I said that like A big part of my self-care is that I leave work at work, which has been kind of a struggle because I like to read about DEI stuff in my free time. It's what I enjoy reading about and learning other people's stories. But sometimes I'll be reading and I'm like, oh, man, like I I need to take a break from this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, continuing to like educate ourselves.
0: Yeah. When you started your collegiate journey and you said you were a psychology major?
1: Well, I've actually or, gone through quite the collegian journey. Oh, um, okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess what I want to ask um, before you get into it is, did you imagine that you'd be doing something like this? or? Okay, yeah, so let's talk about that journey, if you
1: don't mind. <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely <laughs> not. So I started my journey, um, actually, I started my college classes when I was in high school, when I was a senior. Um, I took all of my senior classes were at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. And so I was going for speech I wanted to be a speech therapist, so communication sciences and disorders, and it's funny because I was like, yeah, I want to work in a school because I just love working with kids, and no part of me imagined, like, maybe I should just be a teacher. (laughs) Um, So I started taking those classes, and I realized I hate science. Um, It's not for me. Um, At least in the traditional sense, like I started taking um, physics of sound and music, and I was like, nah, this ain't for me. So then I switched my major to special education, and I loved special education. And then I transferred to the University of Wisconsin-Oshkosh because I um, wanted to live in a more diverse environment than Whitewater. So I enjoyed... UW Oshkosh a lot. But after my first semester at UW Oshkosh, I switched my major from special education to psychology because I had spent all that time with the kiddos with special needs and with those mental health and behavioral struggles. And that's a lot. Um, And I realized that I'm going to burn out quickly. So I switched to psychology because I wanted options because ultimately I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I continued to go to school at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. And then Um, I got my job at Reach Counseling, it was actually kind of like a gamble (laughs) applying because I really didn't think I was going to get it. Um, And then I got it, and my confidence has been boosted immensely since I've started working here because I realized that I am very much qualified to work here. So then I decided to take a semester off so that way I could settle into the job, which I'm very happy that I did. Um, And the next semester, I'm going to finish my degree at the University of Green Bay online.
0: Oh, awesome. Okay, so what will the actual degree be then?
1: Um, psychology. Psychology. Yep, and then um, I believe that I, at Green Bay, I kind of need to pick a minor. So I am bouncing kind of between urban studies and criminal justice. Wow,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. That's so great. Is there anything, if you could give any advice to, let's say, a 15-year-old out there who might be listening to this podcast and they have gone through sexual assaults, and not disclose to anybody is there any advice that you would give to them
1: yeah that usually when you think about talking about your sexual assault it's it seems very black and white it's either i don't tell a single soul or i have to report it to the police and being in high school it's understandably so hard to want to report it to the police but it's not black and white so there are people you can talk to like, that aren't mandated reporters that you can just process those feelings with and that you can talk to about it. It's not a black and white thing. You can later down the road report it. It might be harder, but you can do it. It's possible. And you don't have to make all those decisions at once. So as hard as it is to talk about it, if you want to talk about it with somebody who isn't going to share it with anybody, definitely reach out to REACH or um, your local agency like ours. And find out who isn't a mandated reporter, who you can talk to and process with. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Rachel. Yeah. This has been fun.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you for all that you do, too. Oh, I yeah, of course. Wonderful things about your work and presentations. I heard about the foster care presentation, how well that went. So thank you for all your time and energy and for taking the time to meet with me today. So. Yeah,
1: definitely. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Every 73 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. You are not alone. REACH Counseling is here to help, and we're expanding our REACH. Since 1976, we have offered our services throughout Winnebago County. We are pleased to now offer our services in Outagamie and Calumet Counties as well. REACH Counseling is a sexual assault service provider for children and adults that offers culturally responsive outreach, prevention education, victim advocacy, Trauma counseling, and sex offender treatment. As an anti violence agency, we strive to heal lives and transform communities. Call our 24 7 helpline anytime at 920 722 8150. For more information, visit us at reachcounseling.com.